0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. In this game, moving forward. So we will touch on that as well. The Saints and Chargers recap. God, they're just going to give me a heart attack, y'all. They're going to give me a heart attack. And as always, guys, we take your calls as well. Let's get to some of the comments. Gerald says, hell yeah. Inside the swamp, game doesn't look promising, Blake. No, it does not. 19 positive cases and growing. Yes, it is. What's good? Oh, you are you Syrians. Yes, it's about to get uh, going down. Yep, my sources say the game will be moved. We will definitely see. We will have Gator Dave in there with us as well. But before we get to that, guys, as always, go check out our good friends over at GM varando and sons gm Varndo and sons has faithfully been serving your denim springs and baton rouge for over 62 years with their highly trained technicians there's absolutely nothing that they can't do drive chain repair motorhome chassis all routine maintenance on your automobile give them a call today at 225-664-9992 that's 225-664-9992 and tell them blake Rufino over at ays sent you Okay, guys, so we're going to be breaking this down. And as I mentioned, we will be having Gator Dave joining the show around 7.15. A lot is breaking. We have a developing story in reference to the LSU and Florida game. Before we get to that, before we get to that, and yes, all of you who are liking and retweeting and sharing the show, we appreciate it. It's not looking promising, y'all. Uh, look, 19 positive cases and, and really since t- Saturday to Tuesday It's not promising. We don't know if there will be more. Now, Florida did suspend. Florida did suspend all football activities today. We will get an update more tomorrow, and we will find out what uh, is going on more in Gainesville, as Dave will be telling us. But, man, I, it, this is the reason why the SEC had the open by date and on December the 12th because of COVID situations. So if this game is moved, I've I've seen a lot of Rudy Pooh reporters, quote unquote reporters. Let me say this again. A lot of Rudy Pooh reporters coming out and saying, well, Florida has to forfeit. No, they do not. And no, they will not. They're not going to forfeit this game. It's not going to happen. So stop coming out with Rudy Pooh reports saying that Florida has to forfeit. Do your job. Okay, Stephen Miller knows exactly what I'm talking about. Esteban, what's up? Who dat? Yeah, you're right. Uh, Blake, you down to have me on sometime this week? Sure, brother. Sure. Uh, But listen, yes, and Nick, we are. But listen, as we continue to develop this, it's probably going to be moved to December the 12th, which from an LSU standpoint and a Florida standpoint, this might not be too bad, y'all. This might not be too bad. LSU's defense has not looked great over the first three weeks. On the flip side of that token or that coin, neither has Florida. Florida's been just as bad defensively as well. So it might, in in a weird way, in in disguise, be a blessing that this is going on. These damn Rudy Pooh reporters. Yeah, stop saying Florida's forfeiting the game. Don't be Brett McMurphy on your fake Twitter handle. Now, I I did. I should have checked it. It was Brett McMurphy, but that's on me. Doug says, from football perspective, may help LSU as it gives them a chance to take a deep breath and work on things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, brother, it does. I mean, look, LSU came out very, very flat. Very, very flat against Missouri on defense. They really couldn't do anything. And from an LSU fan as myself, I'm not going to really argue with this move. So this isn't Hurricane Matthew when the game got moved and all this kind of stuff. Completely different scenario. LSU went up to Missouri because of Hurricane Delta. Completely different scenario. So don't make that comparison moving forward. Don't make that comparison because it's completely different. Uh, Dontrell says we would have aired it out. Yeah. And they would have too, man. Kyle Pitts is absolute. Uh, who goes stopping from LSU? <laughs> I mean, look, I, I went on with Jordy Holberg today on 1837. the game. I have a gut feeling. I had a gut feeling and still kind of do that. If this game is played. Yes. I, I have a feeling that LSU comes out and wins. LSU is 11 and zero 11 and 0 under Ed Orgeron when coming off a loss for the following week. Now, LSU, this is the first time that LSU's been in this situation. So, Blake, what do you mean? For the first time since 1994. Guys, you got to go all the way back to 1994 when LSU started a season one and two. In that 1994 season, they lost to number 15, Texas A&M, 18-13. Games ain't getting played 18-13 no more, y'all. It just ain't happening. (laughs) And then they lost to number 11, Auburn. 30 to 26. So, yeah, maybe in 1994 you could make the argument that LSU lost to two top 15 teams, but you have to go back all the way to 1994 to say that. Now, as you, a lot of you had joined the post game show, a lot of you had joined the post game show on Saturday night after the game. And we talked about this, but we'll recap it a little bit. And if this game is played on a Tuesday breakdown, on a Tuesday breakdown, what do I believe should be going on moving forward? Number one, and I did this for uh, yesterday on Twitter on Tell the Truth Monday. This is in no specific order, y'all. No specific order. But where's the alpha dog on defense? Where's the alpha dog? There's got to be some leadership that comes up on this defense, right? Like, that's not even a question anymore. They have to find that leader on defense. A lot of people are putting on Bo Pelini. And look, I will put it on Bo Pelini. He should take most of this. And he will take most of this. But guys, LSU got pushed around a lot of scrimmage on defense. There's pictures that I've shared on this page. There's pictures I've shared on Twitter where LSU got pushed around. And they need to find that alpha dog. On the flip side, and we'll get to some positives, y'all. We're gonna get to some positives, so just stay tuned with us. Just stay tuned. But to some positives on this, let's see. Stephen Miller says pitch is just similar to Gilbert as a Mitch Mast nightmare. That you can go number two there, Stephen. You gotta get number two the football. You gotta look, LSU came out started the, starting the game, feeding the ball to number two. And after that, they didn't, they stopped giving them the ball they got to stop taking him out of the game. Now, he does struggle in run, run blocking. He, he'll be the first to admit it, as he admitted it to Ed wrong. That's something that he's got to get better with his game. Uh, damn, I had 500 over, on the, over the 71. John, I don't blame you. Uh, Jennifer says, Blake Rafito, two straight weeks, LSU coaches, players having to wonder about last-minute schedule change. Yeah, that's tough. Guys, in the year of 2020, that's tough. Very, very tough. Uh, that's a great point. Yeah, Jennifer, that's a great point. And something you don't see a lot. Kirk, or Kirk Taylor, what's up, man? There's no strong personalities on this team. And there's not. None whatsoever. Not on defense. That's for damn sure. So who's going to be that alpha dog that stands up and says, hey, you know what? You know what? It's not okay for Connor Basilak to come in here and th- throw for 400 plus yards and four touchdowns. So yes, it is a little bit of a blessing in disguise that it, <laughs> that LSU might not be playing Florida this week, y'all. Kyle Trask probably would have lit it up. But w- we'll see if the game's still going on. Get into some more of those comments. Concerning LSU defense, does anyone else think players just don't like Bo and aren't playing to their full potential? I don't know about that. I mean, look, this isn't all on Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini didn't miss 17 tackles. Calling it like it is, y'all. Bo Pelini didn't miss 17 tackles. It's just the truth. But they got to get back to fundamentals. All right, we're going to get to Gator Dave here in just a second. Uh, right here at 7.15. We're going to break down with him all of the everything that's going on in Gainesville for this LSU and Florida game. So stay tuned. We're going to have Gator Dave in here with us. Yeah, it's on Pelini a lot, but defense has been playing way, way too soft. Yeah, they have. Blame Viator. What's that? Blaine says, Rafino, my man, what's the one defensive personnel change you'd like to see? Uh, probably Todd Harris being out of the game at all times. I mean, until he can pick it up. Todd missed two blown coverages. I like Todd. But fourth and fifth year seniors should not be out of there, or shouldn't be blowing coverages like that. Getting some more of these younger defensive linemen in the game. Look, Jaquelin Roy is an absolute beast. Jay Roy is a beast. Moving guys on the line of scrimmage. So I, there were some couple things, maybe getting Jordan Tolles involved on this defense. So that's what I'd say. All right, let's get to a couple more comments, and we'll get over to Gator Dave. Uh, there's a communication gaps from the film room and practice. Kirk, I bingo. You know what? We're going to get a big old bell. You know, not this AYS Ragged Branch official bourbon of AYS, but we got to get a bell. Every time someone comes up with a good comment, we're going to just hit that bell. Uh. Sh- yeah, Sean, a good friend of mine, Sean Rice. What's up? Putting Stevens in at linebacker, bingo, bingo. Reginald Cormier, bingo. Guys, he can't be playing safety, y'all. I mean, he he just getting exposed in coverage. He's getting exposed in coverage. Stephen Miller says Ed rattled off some new names this morning on off the bench. Yeah, good point, Stephen. He did, and I would go listen to that after we listen to Gator Dave. All right. We're going to get over to my man, but before we get to that, guys, you got to go check my good friend, Mr. John Patton. Guys, I talked to him today, and he's helping all of you find RU Syrians. With all the recent help from the Federal Reserve, it has pushed mortgage rates down to the lowest that they've ever been. Yes, the lowest ever. If you're considering buying a new home, saving money on a mortgage that you have now, or even doing that cash-out refi, the timing has never been better. Get in touch with John Patton from Area Home Lending today, and if you mention this show... Guys, if you mention AYS, John's going to send his team out for a free appraisal. Give them a call today at 225-663-2500. That's 225-663-2500. Or go, ca- or go contact them over at areahomelending.com. That's areahomelending.com. And tell them Blake Rafino over at AYS sent you. All right, let's get over to my man. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend. The man that breaks down everything. <laughs> considering the Florida Gators Dave what's up man
2: what's up Blake what's up man uh, glad you could glad you can get me on again man for this uh hopefully hopefully
1: game week <laughs> I know hopefully it will be so look I'm gonna give you the floor here Dave I know we were texting a lot today in reference to what's going on but I'm gonna give you the floor man because you're more connected than anybody in that program so let everybody know what's going on right now and what do you know so every Tuesday, Florida comes
2: out with their standard COVID testing protocol, much like every school does. And you know that that those results come from testing through Monday. You you know you play your game on Saturday, you'll get tested through Monday, and then they'll they release the results. So as of that, it was six for overall in October, five more than last time. So mm-hmm. you know you'll, they only had as of last Tuesday, it was only one. Then you had five for this, so that gives you six. So okay. Okay, the number went up a little bit, but <laughs> that's sustainable. Okay, you're you're okay with that. Right. Then it rolls around Tuesday afternoon and. Start hearing around the you know start hearing around the behind the scenes that okay you know, this thing could be uh, flaring up a little bit so they had some tests on today on Tuesday and then the report come out from the alligator the campus newspaper uh, that nineteen players have tested positive oh, wow. uh, for COVID that was confirmed by the AP Mark Long there from from the AP confirmed that I confirmed it through another source too that it is the, the number nineteen is for real so there are nineteen players. And look, I don't know names. Uh, there are maybe some position groupings uh, that, should, that of course I mean look, if there's 19 guys, you can best bet there's going to be a position group. That's it. All right. With 19, probably two. So two or three of them. <laughs> so You're right. and among that with 19 of them, you can bet there's going to be important players in that as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. We know with the SEC and and, and their rules, you got to have what 53 players, you got to have a certain number of quarterbacks, you got to have a certain number of offensive linemen. All that, all that stuff, so we'll, we'll see where it goes from here, but as it stands right now, 19 of them, um, you know, 19 Gator players have tested positive for COVID.
1: Dave, you bring up a, a great point because LSU struggled with this too in the beginning of the season when they were just going into camp, right? So the entire offensive line room Okay, one guy tested positive, another guy tested positive, and then all of the offensive line tested positive. Might be why they can't run the football a little bit, but I'm not going to blame <laughs> that on COVID yet. Okay, so I think you're right there that it seems as if that these position groups are the ones, and I'm not going to say coaches. We haven't heard about coaches, but a lot of it is inside of one group. Uh, you don't know that it if it is big time players, and you don't really know. What is Florida saying right now? And I know that they came out with a statement and paused all uh, activities today. What are you hearing for tomorrow? Are they going to make a decision tomorrow? And I've made some calls into the SEC. They're just monitoring from what I understand. But what, what is Florida doing moving forward?
2: We know Florida has discussed with Texas A&M because I said they played last week. So you know you got to do your due diligence there and said, "Hey, we've had a lot of problems. You may, you know, of course they're testing too, so they would know right away." But we've had this flare up, so of course maybe be on the lookout some more. Hey LSU, we got to call you guys. This is this is the situation. Do you not feel safe coming with 19 guys who've tested positive? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, Florida's going to test again on Wednesday. They got their UF Health right on campus there at, at Florida. They'll be the ones to kind of, you know, probably man this up and and go from there and see what happens with numbers again. But as you said, Florida was scheduled (laughs) to practice this evening, this afternoon. That got canceled. That got paused. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, we were supposed to, we were supposed to speak with Todd Grantham uh, tonight as well uh, because of that, but um, we're, we, we won't hear. Um, of course, they've canceled everything: so no no post practice interviews, no interviews or anything. Uh, so mm-hmm. Wednesday will be a big day, uh, I think, as far as we determine if Florida and LSU is going to have a game or not. If that number goes up again to twenty five, thirty, wherever whatever happens there, you know that's tomorrow is probably a, a big day uh, of what's going to happen. Cause yeah. Even if, I mean, if the number stays the same, if it raises, do you cancel practice again? And then you can't practice for two days going into an LSU game. So tomorrow's going to tell a whole big story, of I think, of how this game looks at being played on Saturday.
1: Well, Dave, I'll tell you this. I, I reached out to an LSU source and all my sources inside LSU. I asked them, hey, what you thinking? They legitimately said, we have no idea. I mean, because LSU's coming off of the sense of that, Hey, we just played Missouri and Vandy. Oh, wait, that game's postponed too, right? So, I mean, it's a lot going on. We're going to get to some of these questions. If you have a question for Dave, hit us with the hashtag AskDave. Dave, Dave, we have a question right here from Stephen Miller. It says, is that 19 positive cases from uh, or or some positive cases along with uh, contact tracing? Which I think is a good question. But you mentioned earlier that that's 19 cases that are positive cases, not just contact tracing, right? That that's the way it was worded uh, 19 positive cases
2: that's just what they said okay um, now the, the hope is you follow this up and, and this happened this happened to Florida leading up to fall camp and early parts mm-hmm. of fall camp there were some false positives out there so mm. I think that's another reason why Wednesday is so big you want to make sure that you know, if it's nineteen, hey, if it goes back down to ten or something like that, then okay, you maybe you may have had a false positive on Tuesday, and, and then then mm. everything that's getting kind of blown up right now is is all for naught. But right now, you just got to have. There's one reason you got to have another round of testing. Will it go down? Will it go up? And we'll we'll go from there. But as it was explained, uh, uh, by, by the article there, it was nineteen positive cases.
1: Okay, Uh we have another a question here too, and I'll get to some questions, Dave. Hopefully, we'll get. Uh, uh, to some some real football questions, but I know that this is a lot. Uh, Jennifer asks, "Ask Gator Dave your opinion: postponed or not?" So I guess what she's asking is, do you think this game's going to get postponed or moved to December twelfth? And I know we're putting it's on hard. you on the spot, but just a, a you know a gut yeah, feeling right now,
2: right? And it's hard to say because I don't know what position groups. And that's yeah. going to play a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I would say with a number this high, I would say likely to get postponed. Uh, I'll lean that way with it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Wednesday will be a big day with, with this. But without, without knowing specific position groups and how the SEC is going to handle that part of it, that's kind of kind of where I go. Yeah, that's the next question right, right. here. So how do I feel about the chances? Uh, I, right now, if it stays at 19, I'd say they'll probably try and postpone the game.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, and they're have-to, Dave, just in the sense of, too, that, I mean, LSU's not going to want to go there and play either, right? I mean, because that, – that's, that's part that's, – you know, I was going to ask you part it, I mean, That's
2: probably a big part of it as well, I would think.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not – I mean, I, <laughs> look, the fans want them to go play. If Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts are <laughs> yeah. there, they're going to want to get on that plane and go play, okay? That's well, just the truth. But I don't think that, you know, the the CDC guidelines that Louisiana, the state of Louisiana is following, I don't think that they'll let them play that game. Uh, but who knows? I mean, we really don't know. Uh, let's just shift gears, Dave, because there's so much unknown, and we'll find out more tomorrow. Look, both of these teams have been really bad on defense. I mean, LSU has been historically bad through the first three games. Uh, the Gators have had their struggles Let's go there first because the offense has been fantastic. What are you seeing that this defense is doing that's just not going well right now? You know, Todd Grantham,
2: uh, Dan Mullen have this mantra, uh, fast, physical, aggressive. We ain't seeing fast, physical, and aggressive <laughs> with this Florida defense, right? And, and look, and and I thought that would be a calling card for this defense because they don't they don't have a lot of size, and or that's a, that's the next point. But they don't have a lot of size. But I thought they would at least be able to bank on their speed uh, of their defense and the way yeah. they've recruited their speed on defense. But they're not playing fast. They, they're having trouble getting lined up, and I could excuse that in the first game of the season when you're playing a new look Lane Kiffin offense. You don't know what's coming at you. He did not a lot of film on what he's done with this Ole Miss team and Matt Corral. I could could somewhat explain it for the first game. But in game three, when you have a lot of players who have played in this defense, look, they didn't start, but they had a – there were – if you count Kyrie Campbell, who hasn't played yet, but the expectation was he was going to play this Saturday in his first game versus LSU, there were 12 of 15 players on the defense that had played at least 250 snaps. (laughs) <laughs> and they're all right. still out there looking like they don't know where to line up. They're they're late getting in their positions. They're filling the wrong gap. or They're not filling a gap at all. They're playing inside when they should be playing outside, and with thinking inside or outside. And then you got guys up front who are just really playing out of position. As I mentioned, just Kyrie Campbell right there in the middle. He hasn't played yet. He's a defensive tackle. He was going to start there in the middle. Uh, Elijah Collins, before the season, medically retired. So you're you're down two of your defensive tackles right there. And that's caused Florida to play a lot of guys up front out of position. Britton Cox, the guy that you got a five star transfer from Georgia, he's playing a little bit of defensive end when he really should just be your buck outside rusher mm-hmm. uh and hit and hit, and hitting the defense that way. Zachary Carter, who who should be your true defensive end, is playing more inside than he really should. So it's just kind of been a chain reaction from from the guys in the middle. You just don't have the numbers there, so the the thought would be you probably get Kyrie Campbell back uh, for for personal issues, kind of him coming back this week versus LSU playing his first game, and that would help at least some guys play in their right spots up front. But it's still continued struggles that we saw in, in, in at safety position last year of being out of position, giving up big plays. You're missing David Reese there, who was at, a linebacker for Florida for years, was a great leader. You lose him. Ventro Miller's filled in okay, but. My, 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 and I saw one of your your other your earlier uh, comments from from one of your listeners here of like, who are the guys? Who is the leaders? And I, I can't say that for Florida's defense. We thought Marco Wilson would be that guy. He just come off his worst game of his career uh, last week versus uh, Texas A and M. And I don't know. I, I can't point to a leader on this Florida defense right now.
1: Well, and it's the same for LSU. And look, Dave, I feel like both of these defenses, even Alabama, are all struggling with the same exact thing. They have this mantra of wanting playing fast and physical and they're not and I don't know if it's I don't know how much Dave I want to compare it right now but it's the same exact struggles they can't tackle in the open field no one is showing to be a leader now Alabama has Dylan Moses but I mean it's kind of seems the same he seems a little bit lost out there and so I don't know really if all what they need to do other than simplifying now Ty Grantham is taking some heat and I heard you, uh, you know, I think it was post-game show or, or, or maybe with Bill King this morning. You said that this was the first – or no, you tweeted it. It was the first time that Florida fans, when they had a loss under Dan Mullen, yeah, okay, well, we're building. Yeah, we're, we're building. Yeah, we're building. This one was a little bit more disappointing. Is that where the fan base is, is going right now because it is the third year and they thought that this would be a good season where they could win the SEC East?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There were more expectations for this year than there have been in Dan Muller's tenure. And yeah, you go back to 2018, you lose to Kentucky early in the season. That one hurt because you lost to Kentucky for the first time in 30 years. But mm-hmm. you okay, okay, you could excuse it, especially at the end of the year when you found out Kentucky was a pretty good team. You can excuse losing to Georgia that year because Georgia was the best team, one of the best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. The next week you get blown out by Missouri. You could kind of see that coming. The team was routing, you know. Hurt by lo- losing to Georgia, damn well, his first season. You still that you get that, but then it rebound after that and, and go on a winning streak. Last year against LSU, you, know, you guys best team in the country. We knew that, but Florida fought hard. You, you felt good about the rest of the season because that game, really was, tight, that game yeah. was tight, Dave. That game was tight. Right, you go to Death Valley, play well. You're like, okay, you know, and you had Kyle Trask playing, you know, his first road game, and he looked really, really good. So you're like, okay, we got the offense figured out. But then you go and to Jacksonville, play Georgia, and you know, you, But you can still excuse that just because right. you know the type of program Georgie is. But here comes year three. You got all these expectations. You know the offense is going to be good. And for the first time, Florida doesn't have a defense to, to, to go along with it. Florida always has a good defense. I mean, it's just like LSU. You, you know the guys are going to have a good defense. It's just, it's just a given. And now you're so disappointed because you have this offense that's scoring left and right, and they can't get off the field to give the offense the ball. Mm-hmm. So it, it is it is the thing I was like, this is the most ticked off I've seen the fan base just because every other loss up to this point in Dan Mullen's tenure, there was kind of always been an excuse and kind of always, okay, we're heading in the right direction. This one's just like, man, even with this offense, we've found a way to lose a game.
1: Well, Dave, you came out with another stat and we talked about this all last season with Dave Aranda. LSU could not generate pressure. I mean, look, you couldn't generate pressure against Kyle Trask. You couldn't generate pressure against Tua Tagovailoa. They came on in the end, and I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. And they and they really came on and had a lot of sacks and put a lot of pressure on Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurt, uh, Jalen Hurts. So that's fine. You mended that, but you came out with a stat too, which LSU struggling with in their own right. Is that under Dan Mullen's loss? Well, I'll give you. The, you could tell the stat, but the sacks under Dan Mullen and not being able to generate pressure in those losses. Break that down a little bit for us and what you did, and I'll, I'll let you – because, I mean, you did all the work. I'm just stealing your stat here. <laughs> so tell is that a part that you were kind of shocked by with the sacks and these losses?
2: Yeah, going back and looking at it, because especially because of Grantham's reputation, he's, he's always got a pass rusher, and that was an mm-hmm. assumption for this year. Okay, yeah, Jonathan Garnard left. Yes, Jabari Zuniga left. But Todd Grantham's always got a pass rusher. Well, he's, he's, not, he's not finding one this year. And you go back and look at it, even in these last two years where I think it was in 2018, Florida had 37 sacks. Last year, Florida had 49 sacks. I mean, ridiculous yeah. amount of number. But Florida's lost six games under Dan Mullen. There's two sacks Jeez. in those six games.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: In six losses, Todd Grantham's defense has only generated two sacks. I mean, go back to the LSU game last year. If you sack Burrow once or twice, maybe that game's a little different. Mm -hmm. You sack Jake Fromm on on the third down in one of the past two Georgia games, maybe that game turns out a little bit different. So it's just, you know, the one thing that you could always bank on about Todd Grantham's defense is being able to get to the quarterback. But when Florida loses, that has been the the biggest issue is they just haven't been able to create pressure and haven't been able to get to the quarterback.
1: Well, and I, I, look, that's been a bugaboo for LSU too. Uh, okay, we're gonna get a couple questions here, Dave. We'll get you a couple more questions and get you on out of here. Jennifer asked hashtag Askator Dave about Kyle Pitts' ankle hurt. It was injured against Texas A&M.
2: Yeah, he played through it. You could tell he was hobbling a little bit. No, no issue from everything I've heard there. More precautionary. Uh, then them taking care of it, care of it right now is more precautionary. He was not going to miss the LSU game, or you know, we'll see if it would have been hobbled by it or anything like that. But as I said, he he was playing through
1: it uh, versus Texas A&M last week. Uh, Esteban asks, hashtag Ask Gator Dave. In your opinion, what's going on with so many schools having horrible defenses this year? And you touched on it a little bit. We've kind of touched on it, but Dave, you kind of talked about it, I think, a little bit this morning with Bill. What's your take on that? Why are these defenses just so bad when they're historically so good?
2: I hate to use the excuse, especially now you're three weeks in. I think COVID played a part mm-hmm. a bit. I, I know it did for Florida a little bit, and that's not to excuse what we're seeing. Some of, some of the miscommunication and not lining up right or whatever, That to me that's more mental and, and that's a you problem right now. But some, for probably some of the lack of tackling, I know Florida went soft in camp because they weren't mm-hmm. sure they were even going to have a season – they wanted to protect their players because they don't know who's going to play week in and week out, which is basically what we started this with. You, you got COVID and you don't know who's going to be out there from game to game. So they want to keep everybody healthy. So they at least have them that in turn makes it where you don't tackle as much and you don't tackle as much in practice. I think that's what we're seeing you know, Florida, even in another going back to kind of just the history of Dan Mullen in Florida early season tackling has been an issue anyway mm-hmm. at the front the last two years uh, for Dan Mullen and Todd Grantham. And we're seeing that again. And I do think it's kind of just been amplified by having soft camps because of COVID.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hate to keep just rattling off what you're saying, but it's just the truth. And the same exact thing, Dave, that's happening everywhere. I mean, look, LSU had 11 missed tackles in the first half against Missouri. 11. I mean, the official sponsor of their defense Saturday could have been uh, Charmin Ultra Soft. I mean, it's just, it was so bad, man. Uh, Gator Dave from Gators Breakdown is our guest. We'll be able to let him tell you everything and where you can catch all of his stuff. Dave, I want to go over to the offense because they've been playing lights out. And something that I was really honestly surprised about, you had been talking about all offseason that you think that Kyle Trask was going to come in here and dominate. What have you seen from – that? we just talked about that first road start in Baton Rouge and to what you're seeing now and how dominant that this offense has been. And Kadarius Tony, by the way, I don't know what happened to him. Okay, but I, that play where he broke like five tackles, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> uh-oh. So what are you seeing from Kyle Trask and maybe just this entire offense – Uh, this season that you didn't see last?
2: yeah. The the big thing in the offseason, and kind of comparing it to what a lot of your listeners want to listen to, you, but basically in LSU's comparison or or time of thing is, can he make that leap from being a, you know, he wasn't a starter last year, but he he started enough games. You know, Felipe Franks was Mm -hmm. a starter, but he played enough games, and it was like, okay, can he make a leap like Joe Burrow made from 18 to 19? Can Kyle Trask make that same kind of leap from 19 to 20? And look, he's not going to make – he He's not going to be a Joe Burrow-type lead. That was historical season by our quarterback out there. But he's coming pretty darn close. Yeah, he is. I mean, if Joe Burrow is right here from last year, Kyle Trask is, like, right here, <laughs> for, for, for right there. Right. I mean, it's, it's on the heels of it. And, you know, a lot of people were making a, a lot of, hey, you lost all these receivers. You lost Freddie Swain. You lost Van Jefferson. You lost Josh Hammond. You lost Tyree Cleveland. They're going to take a step back. Well, they actually haven't. The passing game is taking a step forward. And, and Kyle Pitts is... Uh, unleashed another level, and then Candarius Tony, who you haven't necessarily been on, the, been able to count on as a true wide receiver the past seasons, you've been able to count on him as that. He has taken a huge step forward in just being a wide receiver. He's always been that gadget playmaker type of guy, but now he's a wide receiver. You got to worry about his route running. You got to worry about him beating you deep, and that, that was, I think, what has helped this offense even probably more so than Kyle Pitts, because you knew about that. You knew Kyle and Kyle were going to be a combination. Who else was gonna show up and Kadarius Tony's been that guy? So and the offensive line's come around a bit, they're they're pass blocking much better than they did last year, running the ball a little bit better. Um it, it's definitely better than what it was last year. I wouldn't write home about it. I wouldn't say it's special, but they're they're able to rely on the run game a bit more than they were uh last year. I think that's helped Kyle Trask uh a little bit more as well. But mm-hmm. his ball placement, his command of the offense. Uh, where he knows to go with the ball, even probably before the the, the snap, he just uh, is just so in command, uh, much more uh, than what he was last year. And we we kind of wondered about that. What would he do in his first full off season as a starter, knowing that he's going to be the starter? And mm-hmm. he's at, he he took it all in, and yeah, you're seeing the results right now. The problem is Blake, we just don't see enough of it. The last couple <laughs> weeks, Florida's only ran fifty plays on offense. Mm -hmm. and just because their defense can't get off the field, and Florida's still scoring 40 points a game. If you could just get them on the field a bit more in the second half, they'd be undefeated right now, and you'd you'd have a lot more gaudy
1: stats for uh, Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. Well, that was my next question, too, is that, look, I mean, they're pretty much scoring at will, okay? You know, like an old defensive coordinator that I had at Southeastern who still lives in the Hammond area says, hey, when they get on the field, they're giving you three. Uh, Just mark it up. They're going to get you three points. It's going to happen. I, I don't want to say they've struggled on third down, but is that the only problem that, I mean, this offense can have is just that the defense can't get off on third down to get them more plays. I mean, because they're really – look, Dave, I came on this show and I came on other shows all last season, and they were like, oh, well, we're going to have to establish a run. Joe Burrow's done for 400 yards. You know, like what are you, what are you complaining about? And so All I right. guess is that the only thing that's missing from this? I get the defense, but getting off the field and third down. If they can do that, in your opinion, do you think that this team can compete with a or a Georgia defense who kind of looks like that they might be the best defense in college football?
2: Yeah, I would say they are, and that's still the matchup I want to see and. But what? But for me, if you look at Georgia and what they can do, they'll run the ball to keep Florida's offense off the field. So Florida's going to have to score pretty much uh, every time they have the ball. Uh, it's kind of the way the game played out last year too. But yeah, I mean it, that's the thing. They're just they're not getting enough possessions in the second half of games. And you know, and but part of if if you want to nitpick the Florida offense, that that is kind of the issue uh, right now. You go back to South Carolina a couple weeks ago. Uh, they had their chances in the second half to to put some drives together, and they they. they Trask forced a couple throws and, you know, and, and then threw an interception. That wasn't all really on him uh, there. So, okay, that, that drive failed. And then this past week, about four minutes left to go in the game. Florida's driving, a chance to go win the game, and they're going to run the ball. And Malik Davis fumbles. And that's what gave a and the ball to go kick a game-winning field goal. So, you know, they've had their chances. So, if you want to nitpick, I want to say finish better. They, they've They've had their chances. So, to go finish a game you know, and, and, and put that part of it. And that's probably uh, the one knock on Kyle Trask, too, last year, if you want to go back to it. Had his chance late against LSU last year through that late game pick that kind of washed that game away. Georgia uh, last year as well. You lose by seven in that game, and it yeah. took for it. It took like a seven and a half minute drive to end the game when you really needed to score points in, in a faster fashion. So, if there's one knock, if there's one nick pick, we'll go. It's just, this offense does have to help the. Don't get me wrong. The defense is the reason they Florida lost to Texas a <laughs> But if right. you want to
1: nitpick, you can say the offense can play better later in games. Same struggles. I mean, look, I feel like in a lot of aspects that LSU and Florida, although Florida does have two wins under their belt, it's a lot of the same issues, Dave, if you yeah. go across the board. LSU, I mean, look, they were pretty much trying to play, you know, air raid big 12 offense and it bit them in the ass i'll just call it like it is and they got bit in the ass late in the game and they couldn't go and finish uh one last question i have for you if this game is played and i know a couple people are asking for score predictions uh, but if this game is played how do you see it playing out this saturday i've i've
0: went
2: back and forth on this and, and, and the stat i found <laughs> today and blake i know you know it; it it's ridiculous. This is going to be one of the worst third down defenses <laughs> versus one of the worst third down offenses. Yeah, I don't know how that plays out. I don't have a I, I don't have a lot of you know faith in Todd Grantham to fix his third down defense in a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure LSU fans feel the same way. It's like, what are we gonna do with third down on offense?
1: 0 for ten, Dave. Know.
2: 0 for ten against Missouri, <laughs> right? And and you know, Texas A&M uh, converted all but two third downs last week on, on the Florida defense. So. Mm-hmm. Something's going to give. Something's going to have to give when these two teams meet up uh, in the swamp this coming up weekend. Uh, Hopefully they do. Um, It's uh, I still see Florida's offense eking out enough points if they play right now in in, in the way if if Florida's close to fully what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Uh, and has that offense Uh, it's just probably probably where I would lean uh, right now I am surprised the spread opened out as big as it did it's it's a touchdown game to me I, I don't get I don't get two scores I don't know why or where that's coming from I know it's not normal for LSU to lose to Missouri I know it's not normal for LSU to lose to Mississippi State but still putting up points and this Florida defense hasn't stopped anybody from putting up points so it's uh, it's uh, you know I, I think this is a game that you know both teams can can, can go score 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 in the forties and whoever's got the last possession is probably going to win the game.
1: That's why you the man, brother. That's why you the man. <laughs> Always bringing it, it home to us. Tell everybody where they can catch your podcast and where everybody can catch everything that you're doing, brother.
2: Yeah, main housing is uh Gator's Breakdown or Newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Uh and all the podcast platforms out there. Uh you got my Twitter up there at Gator Dave underscore SEC. I'm very, very active on Twitter. Uh probably it's probably too active at, at times. So uh, but heck, it it's helped me out a good bit. So uh but yeah, yeah, all all the and it's on YouTube as well. Uh kind of like how you do right here with the StreamYard version. It lives on YouTube, uh the video version there. So uh yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. A whole lot of talk about uh, Todd Grantham and, and his defensive struggles. That's what we've talked about a lot the last couple of days. And, Blake, I'll, I'll have you on uh, tomorrow. We'll, yeah. we'll do our uh, Gators Breakdown LSU previews. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, the preview will be off or not. <laughs> Let's or get not, that not in
1: early. Let's get that in early just so we can <laughs> uh, just get it in there and we're not talking about COVID the whole time. Dave, we appreciate yeah. it, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And you got a new subscriber. We'll push everyone to go to the YouTube page and subscribe as well. Thank you as always, my friend. Thanks, Blake. Thanks. Have a good night. That is Gator Dave with us, absolutely knocking it out of the park. Uh, Daryl says, good info, Dave. Yes. Look, he is absolutely phenomenal. I'll be on the uh, uh, Gators breakdown tomorrow with him, so I'll be looking out for that. Let's get to some of these comments. Uh, last line I saw was Florida at minus 11 and a half. Yeah, and that's what Dave was just talking about, right? Like, L- look, LSU fans, listen to me. You're one and two, but Florida's still kind of fearing you right now. That fan base says, hey, listen, I know that LSU's one and two, but, man, they're coming and they got a lot of talent. So don't write off the Tigers just yet. Uh, Let's see. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on one that game's played. Uh, Brandy says, that's the whole SEC, though. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, Sorry, Steven. Ask Dave What's the take on special teams? Well, go listen to the podcast tomorrow on Gators Breakdown and go to YouTube. We'll uh, we'll definitely get it there. Steven says, which uh, are with these two teams basically marrying one another, great offense, bad defense, maybe. There you go, Steven. I see where you're going there. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if, if Zach Van Rosenberg keeps playing the way that he's playing, they're absolutely going to do it. Uh, Gags says what's up Go Packers and dirty, you dirty bastards uh, Well you just missed Gator Dave He broke it down Was on live stream with us Absolutely killing it uh, What is Dave YouTube so I can go subscribe as well It's Gators Breakdown So go to YouTube and go to Gators Breakdown And you can find it and Wash your hands Gags Says Stephen Miller Alright we're going to finish the show But w- before we do that guys we got to go pay some bills And you got to go check our good friends over at the Boston. Guys, the best seafood in all the North Shore, the Boston. The best sake and sushi in the in the North Shore, the Boston. Go see them today in Amy, Louisiana at 748-5555. That's 748-5555. And tell them your good friend Blake Rafino sent you. And look, if you ate a lot, you still looking for a new home, you growing a new family, go see our friends over at your home team. The number one real estate firm in all of the North Shore. Go to all uh, or go see all of their great listings at team.kw.com. That's team.kw.com. And tell them Blake Rafino sent you. All right, I'm going to get to some of these comments. Uh, we were going to do a, a Saints breakdown. We can we can table that for tomorrow. Um, but look, basically, we'll we'll touch a little bit on the Saints right now. And I, I tweeted this a lot during the show or during the show during the game. Don't come at me with Drew Brees' passing yards. Don't do it. Don't come at me with the air yards in the sense of, oh, the air yards don't mean anything. The Saints' offense was trash water. A duke of water. All first half. It wasn't until Drew Brees started corking the ball downfield and hitting wide open receivers that that offense was ready to move. All of you are talking about, oh, well, Blake, Blake hates Drew Brees. No, I don't. No, I do not hate Drew Brees. But I know that Drew needs to start letting that thing rip because as soon as he starts letting it rip, they start moving the ball. This defensive backfield, y'all, is bad. It's bad. Now, Lattimore came up with the big stop at the end. He gave a lot of effort. But at the end of the day, you can't give up these big plays. You have Keenan Allen going out in the first half. I mean, God forbid what would have happened to our secondary and our defense if he would have stayed in the game. I'm going to say this, and it's my favorite saying, and you guys know this. Winning, winning football games covers a multitude of sins. Everybody in Saints Nation is feeling good right now. Everybody's feeling good in Saints Nation right now. We got the W. I'm not going to take away from the fact I'm not going to take away from the fact that if you win football games in the NFL, every game is precious and every W is precious. But come on, man. Come on. Let's see. Esmeralda says, how about them Texans, baby? Super Bowl bound. Yeah. Now that you got Mr. Captain Butch in, not there anymore, you might actually win some games. Uh, speaking of saints, your thoughts on possibly moving games to BR for fan attendance. Look, I'm not going to get into the politics side of things. I don't, Want politics coming into my show? At least not right now, I don't. Um, but, Jennifer, I'm not going to get into the politics of it. They want fans in the stands. Period. They want fans in the stands. And good on them. Good on them. If they want to play and Mayor Broom and the governor says, hey, go and play. Let them do it. I mean, you got Atlanta having fans. You have Tampa having fans. You have a lot of these. T- Dallas is having fans. So, yeah, if they want to do it, let them do it. Uh, Thomas Banks said what's up, man? He says, "Sorry, haven't been on in a while. Been busy as hell. All good, brother. All good, man. We just appreciate you joining the show. Doing a little LSU uh, Gators breakdown. We just had Gator Dave on, and now some Saints. Look, I'll end it here on the Saints talk, and you guys can call in. Let me give you all that number because we just got a new number. We just got a new number here, so I got to give you guys this number. Hold on. We'll get the new overlay where the number will be. It's actually in the description." 225-435-9387. So if you guys want to call in, let me give that to you right now. 435 9387. There you go. There's a the phone number right there, guys. You can call into the show and we can talk a little football, a little sports. Uh, as far as the Saints, as far as the Saints go, they gotta figure it out, y'all. There's a the number right there. Boom, shakalaka. lock. We had to get a new number up in this thing. We like Mike Jones. We have to change our numbers all the time. I hate B.O.B. I'm so glad they let his stanky ass go. Damn, he's stanky, though. Like, he's stanky, stanky? Like, Greg stanky? All right. I just don't get, y'all. I, I, I just don't understand what's going on with the Saints team at times. They played so bad in the first half, they refused to run the football. Uh, they the whole Taysom Hill thing I know he scored a touchdown at the end but y'all it's not working I mean yes the touchdown is great I kind of feel like in a sense if you're going to put his ass at tight end or wide receiver wherever in the hell you want to put Taysom Hill put him there and keep him there stop taking Drew Brees out of the damn game it's not doing you any help you want to run a gadget play if you're up by 10 go for it I don't really care at that point But when your ass is trailing and you're losing, so what? You scored a touchdown. So what? Don't let this fool you. Don't let this fool you. Winning covers a multitude of sins. Uh, Dan Quinn for DC Blake. Is he a great coordinator? Well, hell yeah, he's a great coordinator. Hell, he was with the Seahawks. He was with the Seahawks, so yeah, I think he'll be a good coordinator. All right, guys, we're going to get on out of here. My name is Blake Rufino. This is RU Serious Sports. Don't forget, listen, before you leave, before you leave, I should have opened the show with this. We're giving a $50 gift card to Academy Away. All you got to do is go over to the YouTube page, You Serious Sports, and hit that subscribe button. Let us know in the comments, either here or elsewhere on one of our posts. We have a post about the YouTube channel. About the YouTube channel. Go there. Type the word subscribe, and you'll go into the drawing. My little son is going to be drawing at 4 o'clock on Friday, and we will give the the winner, and we will mail you that gift card. But until then, until then, don't forget to go subscribe. Guys, my name's Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious? Sports, you know what time it is. Y'all have a good night.